What scriptures are you following right now, today? If I were standing there with you, could you tell me? Or do you just kind of go blind? I can tell you what I'm following. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That's in Proverbs chapter 1. I've been working on that scripture for several days. Another scripture that I'm working on is, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. In other words, speak the message, and if you can hear it, hear it. And if you can't hear it, just turn away for me to turn away. What scriptures are you following? These scriptures, visually, they're sort of like you're walking through a wilderness, and they are stepping stones for you to see how to get through the wilderness of this present world. I have a method I've devised to keep Scripture in front of me day and night so that I can focus on it and examine myself at the end of the day and say, did I really do this today? Have I really done this Scripture today? Many people read the Bible, but they don't actually do the Bible. They think they are religious because they read the Bible. But it's the doing of the Bible that is the blessing It's in doing the Word of God. So to help us to learn to do the Word of God and to help myself especially to learn to do the Word of God, what I do is I have a Kindle tablet. I take a Bible in my Kindle tablet and make screen prints of different pages of Scripture that I'm trying to do. They show up in my photo album on my Kindle Bible. So when I go to my photo album... I can see the most current scriptures that I'm trying to do because we can't do all of the scriptures at once. We have to do one at a time. One at a time, one at a time, it is enough, God said to me once in prophecy. One step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. But we have to take that one step and we need to meditate on that one scripture brought to our attention by the Holy Spirit. So this is an easy way for me to keep track of the scriptures that I'm working on. Our safety is in doing the scriptures and in hearing from God when we are starting a project. Not long ago, I sold a house in Texas, and I put that money in the bank. And I was considering... Uh, I have lots of problems because I've fallen. I'm 82 years old and I have fallen, broken bones, and it causes pain. And when I ride in a car, there's pain. So I was considering getting my seat uh, reupholstered in my car. I don't drive anymore, but the passenger seat. I was thinking I might take this 25 year old car and get the seat reupholstered. And Pam, Pam Paget, who's a member of the Body of Christ, when I ride in her car, is 17 years old. So I thought, well, we might just get both seats reupholstered. And a thought came to me, why don't you just buy a new car? Well, I hadn't considered buying a new car. And yet I just sold a house in Texas and had cash, plenty of cash to buy a new car and have money left over. So I thought about it. I told Pam, I said, I I just had this thought. 
She began praying about whether about a car, whether or not to get a new car. And I am sure I began praying about it. It's not that we're sitting together praying. It's just that independently we're praying. And after that, I had a dream that I bought a new car. I told Pam that day about the dream. And I said, could you be ready today to go out and look at cars? And she said, yes, she could. We went out that day and drove four different kinds of cars. And we had a criteria. Her goal was to have a car that drives well on snow and ice because we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And my goal was to have a car that I could sit in the seat without so much pain. And she has two big dogs, which I enjoy taking with us in the car. So we needed a car that had a place for the two dogs, which would be an SUV. So we drove four cars and examined the criteria and decided on a car, bought a car that same day. See, that is being led by the Spirit of God. I'll give you another example of being led by the Spirit of God. We had a man in our church group. He's no longer living, but he was in his 70s at the time this happened. He went out in his backyard, and he looked at his storage shed, and he thought, I need to build another storage shed to put more stuff in. And he heard from the Holy Spirit, why don't you just get rid of the stuff? Well, when he told us this story, we all laughed because we knew that was the Holy Spirit. This man was 74 at the time. He had some physical problems. Shortly after that, I think he did get rid of the stuff. Shortly after that, he became very sick and died. Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen in the days ahead and how to advise us because the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God and knows the things that's coming in the future and the will of God for us. So in both of these cases, it was the Holy Spirit guiding us. Now, if we had been given a scripture, then the thing to do is keep that scripture before us day and night and meditate in it, for that is the way we need to go. Back when this coronavirus started in 2020, March 2020, in the United States, I began watching the news. It was so fascinating to see what was happening. I'd never seen anything like it where Times Square had no people. Times Square in New York City, there were no people. I'd never seen that before. I had never seen the streets of New York without yellow taxis back to back. And now there was nothing. And the sidewalks were empty. And the businesses were closed. I'd never seen anything like this. The sporting events all shut down. The live sporting events. I had never seen that. I just, I watched lots of news during that period. But then I began realizing that I, I wasn't troubled. I would go to bed and I would be troubled for no reason. And I finally realized it was because I was watching these newscasts. And the newscasters were, on CNN, were very hostile toward what the government was doing. And they would try to stir people up against the government. And I'm, I am not political. I do not vote. I do not have a political party. That's of the world. And I will pray for the king, as it says in the Bible. 
From time to time, I pray for whomever is president, but I am not going to choose one because that is a way of men, and I don't want to be in any way responsible to God for selecting a political party. Be not partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure, says Paul. So I don't do this. But I, I had been hearing all this against the president. While God showed me a scripture that says pray for the leaders. So that you can live in peace. So I decided that really the problem was these newscasts were stirring me up to evil. Paul said, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for not all have the knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians 15, I believe, is what I'm quoting. During that time, I was reading in the Bible in Proverbs 1, and I found three scriptures which I knew would reconstruct my life and get me back on the track of God and away from these CNN newscasts. The three scriptures that I found that I began following are in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If I'm enticed to this type of television to see what's going on, don't do it. Don't consent to that enticement. And I found that if I would just pray and read scriptures and fill my time with that, I was in great peace. When I watched their telecast, I found I was troubled. Verse 15, Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil, and that's true. They just can't wait for one story to end, and they run to the next enticing story. And they make haste to shed blood. And I knew I would be freed if I would follow these scriptures. So I put them on paper. I, I copied them on my screen blog for me and put them in my photo album and every night I would look at them to see if that's what I did during the day, if I actually did that. Did I avoid these things that were troubling me? Did I not watch it? And I found that I could, when I want to know about coronavirus, I could just type coronavirus update into my Kindle, and it would bring up just captions showing an update, and I would know whether it was increasing or dying down. So I saw that as one way to go, and I heard from the Holy Spirit in September when football starts, you can tell by looking at the stadium what's happening, because if they've let the fans in, it's decreasing, but if they keep the fans out, then you'll know that it's not decreasing. Well, neither one of these things trouble me. All right, it doesn't even trouble me to look at the headlines on the updates. It's not a matter that I'm reading the stories necessarily. It just says there's 50,000 new cases of coronavirus today. And by that, I know it's not decreasing. It's actually increasing. So I know to beware and don't fall asleep in the middle of this pandemic. 
because it is increasing, not decreasing. Whereas I look at the people out, at first there were just hardly any cars on the streets when you would go out. Now it looks normal. And yet it's a record high on the increases per day. So I know it's not safe out there. I warned the church on this. This pandemic is not over. That continue to take precautions when you go out of the precautions that you normally would take during it. Don't be lulled into a false sense of security. So you take these scriptures and you reconstruct your way by using whatever scripture stands out to you, whatever is appropriate. If you realize you're being tempted in a certain way, find a scripture on it. There was a woman in our church group, I was horrified because she told me her past sins, and you shouldn't do that to anyone. That burdens the person, and there is no reason for something like that. But I couldn't stop her before she told me. I was just shocked. But one of her sins was that she was married, and she became attracted to some man at work. This woman was raised in the church. She spent her whole life in the church. She became attracted to this man at church, committed fornication, had an abortion, then divorced her first husband, married a second, then divorced him, or they divorced. This is horrible testimony, horrible. Now, how can you avoid something like that? Okay, if you are attracted to some, if whether you're a man or a woman, if you are attracted to that other person at your work job and you're married, and you're attracted to that person. Try reading 1 Corinthians 6. If you stay in 1 Corinthians 6, I believe you can be saved from that sin and not commit that sin if you will focus on 1 Corinthians 6. Let's look at what it says. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God." And then Paul goes on to say, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And he goes on and talks about this. But see, here's the, here's the thing to do. Focus on this fact that if you continue in this sin after you have been born again, after you have been sanctified by Jesus, in Hebrews 10, it says there's no more sacrifice for your sins. You're going to fall under judgment of God if you do these things and if you continue to do these things. There is no more sacrifice. Jesus already sacrificed once for it, and it was your sin was paid for. But then if you go back into that sin again, Peter said it would be better off if you had never known the way of righteousness than to return to the way of sin. A terrible fate awaits you. So repent fast. Beg God to save you. 
if you've done this. And then focus on scriptures such as verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And Paul says, What, know ye not, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. At the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh with that person. So these are the ways you escape it. It's prayer, God, please don't let me do this. And reading these scriptures day and night until you have the power in them to actually do the scripture. Flee fornication. Also, Paul says in verse uh, in First Corinthians chapter six, uh, maybe seven, he says, "Let to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband." Well, this woman who told this story at the time, she had her own husband, but she was attracted to another man, and she let herself be attracted, and she fed the attraction. And she ended up committing adultery, becoming pregnant, having an abortion. And then she and her first husband divorced. She committed adultery against him. Then she married again, committing adultery, according to the Bible. And then they divorced. Sin all over the place because she did not keep the scriptures in front of her. There is no way you could keep these scriptures in front of you and go out and commit these sins. If you meditate on the word day and night, the power of God is going to rise up in you to fight off that sin. So if you're being tempted to a certain sin, then focus on that scripture that gives you God's view of that sin. If you're homosexual or lesbian, and you know it's wrong, Focus on Romans chapter 1. Let's look at that scripture. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. In the sight of God, homosexuality and lesbianism are vile affections. In the sight of God. It doesn't matter what I think. It's what does God think about this subject. And we know that. Because of what the Bible says God thinks about this subject. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. So, if you have a tendency toward a homosexual relationship or a lesbian relationship, and you call yourself a Christian, if you will keep these two scriptures in front of you day and night, and if you will plead with God, don't let me do this. If you genuinely want to turn, you can do it. I know through the power of these scriptures, you can do this. But you must not return to the sin. The woman taken in adultery described in 
John chapter 8, Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. She couldn't continue in that adultery. Let's look at one more scripture on this subject, and that is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherein he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despot unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So if you are trying to go, if you have been born again, you've been freed from that sin of your previous life. If you try to return to that sin, and you do return to that sin, you have a fearful judgment awaiting you. I think I'd be down there pleading with God. I don't want to return to my previous sins. I know that. The minute I was born again, I sure didn't want to go back and do what I'd done before. When we are born again, our sins are forgiven us. But if we return to those sins, there is a fearful fate awaiting us. All I would know to tell you is plead with God. It's an extremely serious thing. There seems to be only one way out, and that's the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, if, you, if a brother commits such sins as fornication, adultery, uh, covetousness, drunkenness, idolatry, uh, railing, extortion, if a brother commit such sins, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Paul tells us don't keep company with such a brother. And I think the only chance he has is if we remove ourselves from him, as Paul said to do. For then, if the church removes itself from this man or woman, there's a chance that the, their flesh might be destroyed. And as the flesh is being destroyed, their spirit could be saved because they could sorrow so much over their own flesh being destroyed. Their, the spirit might be saved. That's what Paul said to them. Turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. I think that's the only way back if you return to that sin after you've been born again. For the rest of us, follow the scriptures to salvation. What scripture are you following today? If you don't have one, 
you're in trouble, serious trouble, because Jesus is the word. You can tell me all day long, I believe in Jesus, but if you don't believe in the word, you don't believe in Jesus. Faith without works is dead. It's a scripture that's Jesus. It's tangible. Every time you see the word Lord, think of scripture. Think of the word. Take that scripture. Put it before you day and night. Follow it. Do what it says. Actually do it. Let it get so strong in you that you do it. When I go to bed at night, I take whatever scripture I'm focused on that day. I take that scripture and evaluate my life. Have I actually done these things today? I have quite a few scriptures that I have on my photo album in my Kindle. I look at those at night and I think about what I've been doing. If I'm about to sin in something, I call on God in prayer. Please don't let me do that. Please don't let me say that. Please help me. And he always does. Always. There has been a man recently who took great advantage of me in a business deal. In a, in a case like that, you really have to pray to get free. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You have to let it go. You have to keep that scripture in front of you day and night so that you won't be destroyed. Trust God. He will make it right one way or another. He will help us. But keep scripture in front of you. Philippians 4, 6 is very important to keep in front of you. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, in this business deal, which just happened, this man took my money, but he hasn't completed the job. I want to be free from it. So my request to God is, please get this situation finished so that I can be totally free and not think about it anymore. So that is what I'm praying over myself at the moment on this on this unfinished business deal. Be careful for nothing. Is there anything you're concerned about in the future? Is there any appointments you have that you're concerned about? Pray. Let your requests be made known unto God. What do you want God to do in the situation? Let that burden lift off your shoulders. Sometimes when I pray over something like that, I feel a physical weight just lift off my body. It's like it's on my shoulders and I just feel the burden lift. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus the Word. Keep that Word before you day and night. Evaluate your life at the end of the day by that scripture that you're following. Have scripture that you are following that you are deliberately following. Check yourself by that scripture. Examine yourself by that scripture to see if you're actually doing it. Look at it at the end of the day. Am I really, did I really do this today? Look at it in the morning. Reinforce yourself by it. A specific scripture. This is the pathway to peace, 
It's a pathway to the end time, frankly, salvation. And it is the path through the wilderness of this world where wickedness increases before Jesus returns for the church. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.